You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. I'm curious, I mean, drugs and alcohol being such a big part of your brand and your act, like how is, what is it like nowadays performing? Have you done a lot of jackass you, stuff? You, you're sober you since oh, yeah. 2008. Yeah, I've been sober for over 10 years now. Yeah, so, yeah it, uh, you know, they say like uh, what happens when uh, you take the alcohol away from uh, a drunken horse thief, you know, yeah. you have a sober horse thief. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a sober attention whore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the difference is now, I mean, obviously there's a lot of pain management probably in your I never took any painkillers for pain. Really? (laughs) No, I took them to get loaded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, that's really, that's, uh, you're, you're kind of like a a superhero, dude. It's pretty amazing. So, um, so now you got, so you got to stand stand up about how, you nine years ago. What made you say, okay, let me do a foray. The first time I tried stand up was 2006. Yeah. When we were, when, uh. Jackass number two was um, starting to, to the press machine was revving up. Yeah. Skylar Stone. Skylar Stone. Out to me Shout about, out. Uh, he was he had a show at the Laugh Factory, and uh, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, uh, I got this show at the Laugh Factory, and uh, you know I want you to get show up and get on stage and do a fucking crazy stunt." <laughs> you know he wasn't he was not asking me to do, do a joke. So just just do a stunt. Just do a stunt. And I was fucking loaded out of my mind. I was like, you know, I, you know, whatever. Like, I, I said, yeah, fuck yeah, that sounds cool, you know. Like, I'll be there. But I didn't think about what I was going to do. Yeah. And um, I, I showed up, and I walked in, like, with no plan. I was like, oh, that was always how I did anything. Like, I mean, I'd look around and grab a chair to do something with it. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, uh. I walked in that night to the Laugh Factory and, and I just like sort of observed what was happening on the stage and how like what was going on in the room and I just thought the first thing that came to me is there's no fucking stunt that I could possibly do no matter how gnarly that would be crazier than me trying that shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. I if, like the craziest thing I could possibly fathom attempting would be to stand there and do nothing but talk and and actually like I was terrified of the idea of it. It just sure. like, it was like, what a novel fucking, ins- that's going to be my stunt. I'm going to try to make people laugh standing there talking. That's hilarious. And it seemed like, it, it not just seemed, it was legitimately like the most reckless. I, th- I thought it was so terrifying and scary. Yeah, of course. But, and, and of course, it wasn't my turn to go on stage. I had to, you know. So you're thinking about this. You're like, okay, I'm just going to I talk. sat there waiting for my turn. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to? If I'm going to try and make people laugh with a joke, like, the first thing I came up with was, hey, everybody, I'm in the mood for a blowjob. Does anybody want one? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that was my, if I had a joke, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forget what what else, I don't think that it was recorded that first time or anything. And I know I wasn't on stage for more than probably three minutes. Yeah, yeah. But. But there was, uh, for how scary the, the concept was. I had a profile at the time. People knew, and I had, we had a movie coming out. People uh, were were aware of me, you know, like uh, 
So you walked on stage, people were like, ah, That's crazy. what it was. They introduced me, and the crowd was, was, for starters, really excited to see me. There was a, a distinct sense that they were fucking rooting for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were, they were, they were on my side, you know, because that's how any... That's the weird guy. Can you take it? Any, any, uh, any club, you know, yeah. any comedy crowd, any, yeah. like any show, they yeah. want to have a good time. Yeah, they want to have, have fucking fun. Yeah, they were they, they were excited to see me. They were fucking rooting for me. They wanted to have a good time. We were kind of in it together. It was like, all right, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, whatever, whatever I blurted out got a laugh. And even stuff that wasn't necessarily meant to be funny, I know it just got a laugh. You so know? they they loved you the whole time you were up there, and you were like, oh shit. They 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 gave me a lot of love, man. Yeah, and, uh, and I just felt like. Fucking man, holy shit, that was magic. I gotta yeah. do it again. Yeah. And so before I left that night, I scheduled my return. I did. And I, I scheduled my return and I actually sat down and wrote a fucking set. I remember that that what I what I wrote. I was like, okay. Like uh my the, the theme of uh of what I wrote was how to make it in Hollywood. This was two thousand and six, so the cover of every tabloid magazine had like some Hollywood starlet that weighed approximately sixty pounds, <laughs> and it was like. It's in the um. It's, th- this podcast is interruption, so uh, it's part of the charm. Can, you can go in there. It's it's in my wallet. Um, I don't think it's in there. Go ahead. Sorry. And I was just like my 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 whole uh, act was. How to make it in Hollywood, and the bullet points were sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, and yeah. so I would be like, uh, with all the anorexia on the tabloids, and I was like, look, you know, look at the tab, look at the tabloid magazines. The tabloids will tell you if you want to make it in Hollywood, you've got to eat. Yeah, you know, you've got to eat. Valium, you gotta eat Vicodin, you gotta be, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, you gotta fucking me, come on, you fucking like, <laughs> and. Uh, when it, like whatever it was, there was like there were like legitimate jokes, you know, and yeah. like everything that was supposed to get a laugh got a laugh. And I really, I'd, I'd written an act that one I taped. Now here's like if I have a regret in my whole fucking career. Yeah, I want to ask you about regrets if you had any. If I have a regret, it's that I wrote that act in 2006, maybe August. I don't know. It's on YouTube. I wrote that act. The jokes. You know, like, uh, got responses, you know. I, I, I had someone fucking videotape me while I did that act. Yeah. And I put the fucking recording on YouTube, and I was like, okay, uh, there I did that, and fucking now, like, what am I going to do the next time? Like, I had, like, I had this sense, this fucking wrong idea that because I had performed that act that one time. You can't do it again. I'm never gonna do it again. I was gonna. I was like, I'm gonna do something different every time I get on the fucking stage. And how long was your act at that point? I mean, I, I, was I it might like have been on stage for like, no, God, no. It was, no, it was the set. Like, it was the spot. At the, oh, spot. So like twenty minutes. Okay, it was got spot. It. Yeah, not yeah. even. It was ten. Ten. Okay. More like ten. Maybe twelve, but but yeah, ten. Yeah, 12. yeah. And uh, and, and it's like that. Just such fucking nonsense to me because it wasn't great. It wasn't great, and then to watch it would make me fucking cringe right now. But yeah. given that that was my first, like, like honest, like real try, yeah. For a first try, it was fucking not shitty. Yeah, it was not shitty, and like, and to have filmed it and put it on YouTube, and then I'm never gonna do it again. That's my biggest regret. Like, uh, I wish I would have 
over like we do. Yeah, Honed of course. It. Keep working it. Yeah. Honed it, work it. I I do it. Yeah. Because uh I you know, I said it you know, like like in this conversation that I'm in my ninth year. Yeah. If uh if I didn't fucking like if I didn't go back and keep working on that act, yeah, uh, I would be in my what, like fucking uh thirteenth, fourteenth year. Oh yeah. So you, you did that that one Wait, act I'd and be, you just yeah, did yeah, it again. thirteenth year. And you kind of after you did that those shows in two thousand six, you kinda of stopped doing well, stuff. Well, I would say see here's what happened. I'm like, Okay, well I'm never gonna do that again. So then because because uh because the shit, um, this is like the opposite of a producer you have here. <laughs> yeah, like we're, a we're, destroyer. We're, we're allowed to, we're allowed to, we're, what was that? There's no money? You can find my wallet? There's no money in there. And he is out there. Okay, here. Take take it. Follow the question. <laughs> Sorry. Where are we? It's, I mean, hey, dude, it's all good, man. It's, I'm not trying to be disruptive. Do it, dude. I'm just yeah, fucking, I don't care. I, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Sorry, where were we? I was just out. Yeah. Yeah, I gave it to you. Is it in your pocket? I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. I think everybody gets uh, get, gets the gist of it. Okay. Sorry. I think everybody gets the gist oh. of it, and uh, I, I think I, I need to get on my bike and, and go ride home to my girl anyway. So. Oh, shit, bro. No, not yet. Not yet. Give me a few more minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ruined the momentum. Okay. okay whatever, dude. It's, it's out. But, I know. Uh, but yeah, so, so if I had a regret, it's that uh, I didn't fucking, you know, hone it. Of course, I was out of my mind on drugs. Yeah. But, uh, but okay, so... That time I wrote I wrote that that act I foolishly fucking retired it doing it once yeah um I wanted to do it again but this time like I got like uh, overconfident because when I wrote those when I wrote that ten minute set like and I got laughs worth then I, I, I after that second time at the Laugh Factory then all of a sudden I felt like oh well I'm just good at this they fucking love me I'm just good at this yeah so then I uh, scheduled another time my third time. At the Laugh Factory, I showed up without any fucking material prepared. I thought, oh, I'm just going to riff. I'm just going to riff. And I fucking died, man. Really? Like, I fucking bombed. And, and like. Was it bomb like just quiet or bomb like people were like, boo? I mean, it, like, like, as it, if, if, if me bombing was videotaped as well, and if I could like view it now, I'd probably be like, oh, you know, what are you worried about? But I'm just like. Such a sensitive fuck. We're all yeah. such sensitive fucking people, you know. Yeah. And like, and uh, and so what? I, like, whatever it was, it was just like, oh fuck, I had a really bad experience. And then all of a sudden, like the way I initially thought stand up would be, like, oh my god, it's so terrifying. Yeah. When I got there, I was like, oh, they're rooting for me. It was great. Like, it's not so scary. Yeah. And then when I prepared, I had a good experience. Fuck, you know. And then I bombed, and all of a sudden, stand up became. The scary thing I initially thought it was. Oh wow, interesting. And I was afraid. I gave it like another try, and I was so fucked up on drugs and and everything that like, then try number four was even more traumatizing. Really? Yeah. Was that the Laugh Factory as well? This was one where I recorded some fucking crazy rap song, and like went and like pl- had the the sound guy in the club play my shitty rap song. That nobody found funny or dope. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing during was, the rap song? I can't remember if I was singing along with it or what, but it was it was just a fucking tragic asshole on drugs. Fucking, yeah. it was not dope or funny. So the fourth time you were like, I don't fourth know if step time, was for me. The fourth time really kind of closed the door on it. Yeah. And again, I was out of control on drugs. That was 2006, perhaps into 2007 at this point. Yeah. And. Um, <clears throat> I really tailspinned. I tailspinned at that point, and then um, 
got sober in 2008. And um, once I got sober and I was really serious about it, I no longer, for, for fun, like recreation, it used to be go to the Rainbow Bar and Grill, like go out to the bar, go out to the nightclub or whatever. Yeah. Like that wasn't, that, that, that wasn't on the table anymore. So as far as like, okay, what are we going to do this weekend? You know, what am I going to do with this chick? Yeah. Like bar, nightclub, no. No. But comedy club, yes. Because like you go to the comedy club, I've got a legitimate reason to be there. Yeah. I'm not there because of the drinking. Yeah. I'm there to watch the show. So that became a go-to activity for me. So you were just watching it. Go, yeah, as a spectator. But at this point, you weren't like, I want to get back on, well, maybe. I, well, that's the thing, is that I would go, it would be a, a regular go-to activity. I'd go to the comedy club, and I would just go as a spectator. I'd go on a date or whatever, and I would just be fucking burning, burning <laughs> yeah. in my seat because because I was afraid of the stage I was looking at, but I was like, fuck, I should be doing that. Yeah. Fuck, I'm a pussy. Fuck, why would I like, I knew intellectually that the problems that I had had with bombing were as a result of going into it unprepared. Yeah. You know? And it's just like all I have to do is fucking just write jokes and fucking get it. But I was just like traumatized by the experience. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. And this is all going on while we were shooting Jackass 3D. Okay. And then uh, and I went into uh, this um, the first interview like before like everything even the promotion started. But the first like little thing was this uh, Young Hollywood at the Four Seasons Hotel. They had a studio set up, and they were, like, cycling interviews. Yeah. So I showed up for mine, and the, and Dane Cook was, uh, they said, oh, Dane Cook's in there. Just go barge into his interview. It'll be hilarious. So I go barging into Dane Cook. He was cool, like, like you know, happy to see me. Never, yeah. I never met him, and, like, you know, like, uh, it was a good vibe. And I sat down as well in his interview with him, and I said to him, I said, dude, you know, I've dabbled in stand-up in the past. And I really want to fucking get back into it. You yeah. Know? Like, uh, I really, uh, and he said, cool, man. Like, fucking, uh, I'll give you my number. We'll get you up on stage next week. Get, and, and then he, he honored, like, every fucking word. Like, uh, he gave me his number. Yeah. I furiously wrote I was about to say, you must be like, okay, shit, now this <laughs> now, is legit. Now it was like, like, uh win, lose, or draw, like, for better or for worse, I'm getting on that fucking stage, and I'm right, I, like, there's this little hole in the wall, like, open mic bit called uh, Marty's. Do you know Marty's, Tommy? Yeah. I look at Tommy with, you'd say open the wall, right. hole in the wall comedy clubs, yeah. And, uh, and, and I fucking went there and, like, ran my, I, I was writing, I was rewriting, I was having yeah. people come over and fucking team up on me with it, I was like, ah, and I'm at the open mic, and I went there, and, like, I fucking, uh, Got up on on stage like two comics after after Sarah Silverman, and immediately before Dane Cook in in 2010. And this is and this is at Laugh Factory. That it was actually at the Improv. Oh, on Improv. A Wednesday okay. Night. Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night, and then Hot after, show. Uh, um, and Dane Cook had, had, had like just it was so nice to set that up, and then I did my set, and Dane Cook comes on immediately after me. Yeah. And just tore my asshole wide open. And he grabbed the mic, and it was like I had left my uh. My uh, like water bottle on the piano at the improv, uh-huh. yeah. And he had a joke about how he was afraid to touch it or something <laughs> like, you know, it was just like really like hilarious slash like super cruel. You know, yeah, yeah, time, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And uh, but then when he finished his set, 
you know, the last thing that, and like a performer wants to, is to be fucked with right when they get off stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, and he walked off stage, sat down with me first thing, and and uh, gave me feedback on my set. Oh wow. And the first thing he said that night, he said, "I'm not sending you back to the drawing board." Like what I had written was uh, was was funny. You know, my yeah. first joke at that point because I was sober was about how. Uh, yeah, I'd been sober for since uh, Johnny Knoxville uh, pulled an intervention on me. Yeah. yeah you, and, you know, you know you got a serious fucking problem when your interventionist is Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that joke. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it was like my first joke. Um, um, but uh, then, so, so this time, and I knew the error of my ways from before. So yeah. So, like, okay, Dane Cook just told me, like... Uh, Which must said, be good. I mean, he's the biggest comic right. in the world at this point. Right, or, you know, and he said... He said, I'm not sending it back to the drawing board. You just got to work on your delivery. And I was just like, wait a second, hold on. Like, he just told me that my jokes, like, I, I got good material. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it was sort of a, you know, like, a, a not, like, heaping praise, but, like, don't trash it. You know? Yeah, like, which is great to hear. You need to hear that as a right. comic, and you know, from somebody. Right, put a lot of wind in my sails. So now I'm like, so now I know better than, like, now I know I'm going to rerun it. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, let me at it. Where am I fucking going to do it again? <laughs> And so I went to the yeah. fucking uh, the Laugh Factory. I got, I just got myself. I forget how, but I got myself on the fucking, you know, on the show that 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 Friday, two days later. Yeah. And it just happened to be that uh, I went on. Dane Cook went on immediately after me. Same dynamic. He fucking <laughs> tore, he tore my, he tore me apart, and then sat down with me and gave me feedback. Oh wow! You know? And then it was the same thing. Immediately the next night. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and so I was just like, I went to just go run my material and fucking add to it. And, and uh, shit was going on with promotion that just created fucking material. Yeah. And, and I was, now I'm, now I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, now I'm doing it. And I'm doing it all the fucking time. And then when the, when the Jackass 3D movie came out, uh, I go on uh, Howard Stern. And um, I said to Howard, I lit myself on fire. And I uh, freaked him out, and I said, I said, dude, Howard, I'm, I've been doing stand-up. I'm doing it every night. I, uh, I fucking love it. It's going so great, and I want to do a fucking gig in, uh, in New York tonight. So fucking someone get me a gig in New York City tonight because I'm ready to crush it on stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I did The Cellar that night. Uh, and um, so the Jack, like every other Jackass movie, was number one movie. And uh, I didn't even have an agent at the time because I fired my agent because they weren't doing shit. And I'm like, yep. fuck that agent. I'm yeah. not giving them 10% of this huge movie deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I had no representation except for my lawyer. And my lawyer uh, called up like, you know, he says, hey, dude, like, uh, I don't know what, what, what you did, but I got comedy clubs from all over the country calling me and trying to book you. Like, oh, what's, wow. what is this? Yeah. And I, and, and I had at that point, 15 minutes maybe 20 <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, we've uh, all been there and so i go into this meeting to to get an agent i went in with my lawyer and this guy uh i even say who it is because it's chris smith he's a fucking character chris smith he says at icm he goes i know that I, that we don't represent you he says i know i don't represent you and so even though i know it but I probably shouldn't have, but I picked up the phone and I made a few off-the-record calls yeah. just to just to feel, feel out, you know, because I know that I'm not your agent. But if you did want to sign with me, I do have this. And he just, like, plops onto the fucking boardroom table, this folder with, 
like solid official offers like headlining offers for comedy clubs all over the country yeah i think in that folder like there were so many offers it was like well into six figures oh wow just and from the howard stern show i mean yes yeah, suppose i mean he picked up the phone he picked and, up, yeah like uh Wow. He did the rare thing, like like that first week when they actually work for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh well, that's another podcast. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, but um, but yeah. So I fucking launched headlong into this fucking headline. So how soon from the folder on the desk to you headlining? Weeks, a couple weeks, and you had fifteen minutes. Uh, did they give you some leeway, like six months to start it, or was it like right it, away? It You're was. Like, uh, it it was probably. Two months or something. Two months. And uh, I figured it out. I, f- I figured it out. Initially, I, I, I did, it was like Steve-O and Friends. Yeah. And uh, I came on, did like, uh, you know, five minutes. And then I introduced, I was like the host, introducing <laughs> everybody. Yeah, yeah, which is smart, yeah. And I mean, I, until, until I got to uh, Tommy T's in Pleasanton, and he said, you're a fucking headliner. It's time to start acting like it. You don't fucking Whoa. see you first. Yeah. He took me under his wing, too. Tommy T, love, bless his heart. I love yeah. that guy. He's like, dude, you fucking ruin it if they see the headliner first. They got to yeah. build up to that. You know, what's sense. the difference if you do if you do uh, break up your material? Do you have as much material as you have? Just fucking do it headline. Yeah. And I used to do tricks as well. Of so. course. So the part of the show was stand up, and part of it was like, "No, oh, watch me light my head on fire," and you know. So your first headlining show was how long was it? Was it? It was November seventh of uh, two thousand ten, I think. Two thousand ten. Yeah, something like that. Like yeah. It was November of two thousand ten. And you had how much? Which, which, or maybe it was a little later in November, but certainly before Thanksgiving, because I did, I had, I headlined Caroline's Thanksgiving weekend, 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Jackass 3D came out October 1st, so it was more like a month. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think in that documentary comedian with Jerry Seinfeld, he was talking about when you're a celebrity and you go on stage. He was well. A lot of people say it's so much easier when a celebrity goes on stage because people like you. And he said, he said That's they give the you second. five minutes. Yeah. He goes, you get five minutes of leeway, and right. then it reverses. If you start doing bad, right. then they start going. So, did you have any moments where, particularly now, you're so you're such a huge star after Jackass 3D, where you had these people coming up? That did anything go bad? Like, real? Oh shit! I got to rejigger this whole formula, or did you it know, kind of like, just uh, use a momentum? I, I, material came to me pretty fucking quick, yeah. man. Once I started, because like, I guess it's like a, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, like I'm saying like an album, an artist write a first book, like an author writes a first book, band records a first album. Like you've got that whole lifetime to draw from. Yeah. You know? So like I got material. You have so quick. many stories that you can just like, I'm just going right. to start telling the story. Uh-huh. And it was all like, uh, you know, Sex stories, like promiscuous mm-hmm. groupie sex stories. That yeah, yeah. Was my initial go-to. Yeah. And uh, and so for my first act, as it evolved, it was like every gratuitous fucking groupie sex story. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I was acting out like a motherfucker on the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then ultimately, it became the this the sex addiction special. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So, Jesus Christ. so it'd be sex edition and then stunts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was intermittent stunts throughout the sort of autobiographical <laughs> sex addiction story. Like the first half of the act was the act, the the, the groupie stories, and then it was the you know the, like sort of halfway through I realized I have a problem, and then it was like the second the back half of the act was like all of this comedy around like trying to learn how to not get my dick sucked, <laughs> and like. And, and like and, and for earnestly like trying to preemptively learn how to be in a healthy relationship so that I can uh Yeah. So that I can have a life partner and been have a good quality life. Yeah. And then in the meantime you're now a headliner and you have the groupie situation, you're like, uh, this is gonna be tough. No? It's it's uh I went back after uh my intensive outpatient sex addiction therapy program, uh who's now my tour manager and you know, my co producer yeah. and my he started out as just my cock blocker. Yeah. He's my sober companion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, dude, can you come on the road with me? I, I'm not comfortable going out to, to on tour yeah. because I'm going to fucking blow my sobriety. Yeah. You know, like uh, I want, um, I need to have someone there to keep me accountable and keep me sexually from acting out. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, I, and I was like, plus every time I go to these clubs, I always get like a club employee to sell my merch. And uh, and and you could sell my merch. And I always give them give them like uh, two bucks for everything they sell. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that adds up, so it'd be kind of worth it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, That's very dude, smart. Dude comes down the dude. So the, my homeboy comes in there. He's like, dude, you don't have a credit card swiper. You don't have hats, <laughs> dude. I, at that time, I had t-shirts and books. Yeah. Now I have t-shirts, three kinds of t-shirts: hooded sweatshirts, signature Stevo sunglasses. Uh, magic dick pic pens, posters, <laughs> DVDs. Uh, and you had the guy who d- would do like the shit with the T-shirt, like cut it up and sort of like couture T-shirts, right? Like, mm-hmm. now nah, that was never part of my my deal. There was someone who did something like that, but that was oh, never. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever we have, like eleven different items of merch. Oh wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, and and uh, and and from from the very start and to this day. I, I, I walk off stage, I don't do shit until I take a photo with every single audience member that wants one. That's great, man. Yeah. And I would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a photo with every single fucking one of you guys that wants one. I will not leave this building until I do. I will not start the next show until I do. Yeah. But if you buy any of my merch, you go to the front of the line. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> now, bef- so, so I got people are like, well, I don't want to fucking buy any. I, I don't want any merch, but I don't want to wait in the line. So I'll fucking buy something so get the photo and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very smart. So, so but- we destroy with the merch Oh, program. I'm sure. That's and amazing. it's crazy how people are like, dude, that's so cool of that you take the time to meet the fans and take a photo with everybody. <laughs> like, nobody does that. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, nobody sells like a quarter of as much merch as I do either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. And merch yeah. is like the only place where, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but it's the only thing where it's kind of like tax-free. I, I, I declare every single dollar of cash. Do you really? A hundred percent every single God dollar. Damn. And like, and and uh, it's because we, we uh, send in an um, uh, email report at the, at the oh. end of it, you know, like like breaking down of like uh, of all the revenue, yeah, and um, and and my business manager and my dad are copied on every email. Oh and wow! I, and we like like if we were to not if we were to not include the cash, then the bottom line number on the report would be lower. Yeah, and that would indicate that we weren't doing as well. Uh, and I want them to be impressed. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so I funny. Won't, I won't leave out a single fucking dollar because I want to yeah. fucking blow them away. With Look what I did, we're, Dad. We're crushing it. We're crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> and how how did your how I mean? And in general, I'm so conservative when it comes to taxes. Yeah, like, yeah, that's uh, good. I'm that's so good. So fucking. 
meticulous and, and careful about everything. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, 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 occurred, it has occurred to me that it's that it's so funny that I that I'm so like desperate for the the attention, the approval, <laughs> the validation from my father, which I never got. <laughs> that he's gonna know about every fucking dollar I made, and so does the government. That's awesome. <laughs> now back to your your dad and validation. Was there a point where your relationship with him shifted and your fame, where your dad was like? I'm proud of you, Steve. I Fuck was, yeah. And, yeah. And uh, and that's my favorite thing is that dad didn't jump on the bandwagon because I was successful. Yeah. Like before, uh, it was after I went to clown. Dad didn't go to my uh, clown college. Um, graduation. My, he didn't go to my gala graduation ceremony at clown college. <laughs> he was not back in the clown college. He thought it was fucking dumb. <laughs> and he was mortified that his son thought he was going to fucking become a... Uh, a fucking celebrity stuntman yeah, with a whole yeah. video camera. Yeah, like the, the like he actually went to the library to research a CGI, which was just emerging as a new thing. And he said, "Hey, there's this CGI shit that's gonna make uh, stuntmen obsolete because they don't need stuntmen because they're just gonna fucking digitally computer fucking drum up the stunts. So you're going down a dead end path." And I said. I said, ah, well, fuck it. I'll just find a bunch of crazy people and I'll fucking make like a traveling circus or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, dad, dad was aggressively not supportive of, yeah. uh, of my path. But um, after, sure, uh, right after my second appearance in Big Brother magazine, which was not paid, it was a fucking goofy fucking photo in a skateboard magazine that I didn't make shit for. Like, there was not a lot of traction. There was not a lot of uh, of fucking hope yeah. in, in, on my path. But uh, I hadn't made a dime. I would not made a fucking dime, and it did not look like I was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad uh, pulled me aside. He said, son, uh, I have to tell you, I feel I've done a disservice to you. And uh, by not supporting you in this wow. in this uh, path that you're clearly committed to, and he said it's not fair because uh, I didn't choose a path that my dad was support was uh, would have chosen for me, but but he was there and you know, and, and he said so I just I want to apologize to you and I want to pledge to support you. I'm like uh, you're not doing what I would choose for you, but I want you to be the best at, at whatever you fucking choose to. Wow. So I got your back. That's and amazing. That put, it, put, it put hella wind in my sails. Yeah. And uh, and the next thing, um, the next thing that happened, uh, the next like sort of milestone, was uh, the show Real TV, which you know the the home video camera still wasn't a household appliance. Sure. There was only enough footage for America's home videos. And uh, I guess home videos, home video cameras became, there's just enough more to get this real, t caught on tape. Yeah, real yeah, Real TV. Yeah. And it was a commercial and it said, uh, real TV, you know, if you have any home video footage that you think we you know, might want to see, you know, call this number, send it in. Well, I called the number and I was like, I don't have shit you might want to see. I have, <laughs> sh I have shit you need fucking badly. You're hurting for what I have. Yeah. And uh, I sent them the tape and they got back to me and they said, we like... The part where you light, we like the clip where you light yourself on fire <laughs> and do the the fire breathing front flip off the roof of the three story building. And I was like, "Is that all? Yeah. Out of everything I fucking say, <laughs> that's all you want?" Yeah. And uh, and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's what we want, and we'll give you five hundred bucks for exclusive rights to it." And I and I, I asked on the phone. I said, "What what does that mean? What the fuck is exclusive? <laughs> yeah. I never heard of it." Yeah. They're like, "Well, that means you don't own it anymore. We own it. Like yeah. we, we're the only owners. We own it exclusively." You're like, "What?" And I was like, "Wait, so I so I don't 
I was thinking, man, that was the first time I ever had heard that term, and I was like, I, I said, that sounds like that shit sucks. Like, yeah. I don't fucking never own it again. Fuck yeah. That. So I hung up like like in like I was disturbed. I was I was uh, I didn't like that. And, and you I, said I, no. Why is that? I had to think about it. It's like ah, you know. I didn't yeah. say I didn't give an answer. Yeah. I like hung up and I fucking immediately called dad. I was like, dad. And dad was like, calm down. He says, fucking calm down. Like being emotional is not going to help shit. Yeah. You know? He says, just fucking calm down. Don't be emotional. Figure out what's what, what's a deal breaker for you. It's really simple. Yeah. You know, he says, from what you're telling me, it sounds like exclusivity is a deal breaker. So you draw your line in the sand and you fucking stick to it. He says, judging from what you're saying, it sounds like you're not okay with exclusivity. And then fucking say, I want no exclusivity. You can play it, but I keep the rights and I want a fucking thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And And take it or leave it. Yeah. So I called him back and I told him that and I got a thousand and I kept the rights. Holy shit. So from the beginning, like dad was, uh, down my, he was in my corner. Yeah. So he's, he's been in the loop like all ever since. Now with that said, I, you know, that paints a picture of a kid that's going to make really good business decisions, <laughs> which I didn't, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, once I, once I like, I don't know, like the Jack guys contract was, uh, was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty oh, bad. Okay. I made less than fifteen hundred bucks for the entire first season of wow. Jackass, and I was on every episode. That's crazy. And that shit still plays to this day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, and that's like where I got in. Yeah. You know, I was like the level I got in at. So, like, it was almost incrementally. Yeah. You know, there was no leaping up to like. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not complaining because I never gave a fuck about money in the first place. I never yeah. thought I would live to spend it. You know, yeah, I thought I would be fucking dead. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly thought I would be fucking dead. I had no fucking inkling that I would make it to thirty. By the way, one that one of the great uh, jokes and your new set you're working on is like, I have a serious problem, guys. I'm Steve O in my forties. <laughs> it's hilarious. Which says everything. You know right. what I mean? So. Right. Yeah. So what is Steve-O in his voice? What does that look like for you now? Like, I mean, now that you have a fiancé... Well, yeah, now, like, uh, now now I give a fuck about shit, you know? Now, yeah. like, we're really determined to uh, to buy land and open up an animal sanctuary, and that's why I'm, like, hustling so hard, and I'm so thrilled for people to buy my merch and fucking, you know, like, so I can, like, be smart with my money and be, like, aggressive about, like making money because I'm not trying to make it for myself. I have like a higher purpose and yeah. I'm on this like, I'm on this mission yeah. to have like, now I don't want my legacy as much to be, uh, you know, like I'm sure the videos are great and I love it. You know, I love like uh, spreading joy, you know, like to the people who have enjoyed my work, but like there's a, a, a bigger calling, man. Like, um, you know, like uh, now I've I've got this this vision of an animal sanctuary, and and uh, I really want that to be my legacy. You know. Yeah. So does that mean? Are, are, do you look at your life and go, okay, the stunts are going to stop at this point? No, I think that the bucket list really represents like the last push for uh, you know, like the really like oh my god, like I can't like. I feel like afterwards there's like there's a, a media project that can marry like my philanthropy 
and my brand more like set them at odds with one another you know so yeah. like if i had like a series uh, like a vision of what that would look like it would be every episode uh of a series would um it would be a different fundraise like a just a absurd fundraising effort yeah i think that's sort of the, like outside of like the physical okay i, I took a shit on this right calmed <laughs> while doing that like all the body fluids like kind of stunts and jackass stunts are one thing I think that there's another like a bigger like a, a bigger thing where like an, an episode where it's like a fundraising effort that pits my brand against my my passion for philanthropy. Yeah, that's amazing. And so you're also looking at kids now that you're Nah, dude. The, no. The, got the vasectomy. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and that's all awesome. kids, man. That's good. But lots of animals. So, uh before you go, I just wanted to uh I just want to ask you a couple questions. Uh one is is there I want to ask about your bucket list number 1. Uh-huh. Like how what's how many things are on your bucket list at this point? Um I, I have uh the 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 bucket list live show there's seven clips that play. So there's seven bits. Yeah. that represent bucket list items. Yeah. If I'm honest, two of those bits are holdovers from uh my last act mm-hmm. which uh I taped the special for but it's not out. Okay. So so um and one of them I wouldn't really. So yeah, I would say that. Okay, so there's five bits. Yeah. Um, as I work towards um, developing uh, a bucket list series, then every, each item on the list gets a full episode. So it's yeah. more built out and you get more, uh, you know, it, it, every item on the list sort of has its own story to tell. Yeah, know, yeah. Like how it, like what, what it represents, like where it came from, how I got there, yeah. and uh, the planning, the execution. So uh, the Bucket List series, I have four episodes that are, uh, you know, coming together. Now I was watching. And you... then I have four more, technically yeah. five more. So I have nine Bucket List episodes that, uh, that I have mapped out in my head. And I heard you talk about one where you're going to go skydiving and then shoot a load in midair. Yeah, I can. Huh? It's in the can. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. In the can and in the air. That's impressive, yeah, yeah. man. What was yeah. that? Like a little bit of splashback, maybe? Ah, uh, skyjacking. Skyjacking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's amazing. So, I, I know you got to go and you got to get back to your girl and, and ride your bike there. I just want to. I kind of like what's what's next for you? I know you have the animal sanctuary and you have other specials. Is there stuff that you. you I know. I know. So you're not uh, really. Yeah, I'm gonna get, get a podcast going. That's right. Yeah. Cam- I got uh, ordered a camper van. Oh, that's so, great. Uh, yeah, I'm working on outfitting this camper van as a podcast studio. And have so. you thought about doing like the live streaming, like people like Ice nah. Poseidon and shit like that, where you? No, nah, because the because it's a mobile podcast studio, which affords me the ability to take guests to get into activities. Yeah. Then, like, once we get into the activities, then like here we're shooting, like shooting video content, which is going to need to be edited. You don't want to yeah. just like. So it's going to be like, plus with the confines of the van, like space is limited. So to stream, I think uh, you're taking up more space with your equipment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, so just shoot it, edit it, and upload it is going to be the model. Yeah. Has has acting ever been a thing that you really want to get involved in? Uh, I wrote a movie script, and mm. uh, I'd love to get that made. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, fuck, like, I... I Acting to me is a trip. 
I'm, I'm totally down to do it. Yeah. I've, I've done it here and there. Yeah. Um, Some people just aren't, like, for, Joe Rogan isn't interested. I uh, initially was just too afraid of the idea, and I think uh, as, I, that's an, I guess that would be another regret, that I wasn't, like, open-minded and, like, act proactively seeking auditions, because now, at this point, if I show up acting, it's like, oh, what the fuck's he doing here? Yeah. Whereas if I would have gotten into it sooner. Early, yeah, you could have created, uh, yeah. I could have. Uh, but now you're Steve-O. Whatever you do, you're going to be Steve-O. It's, it's all good. Yeah, that's uh, great. I, like, um, I'm open-minded to it. I'm not, uh, you know, I'd love to get my movie made. I wrote a yeah. fucking really, really funny, crazy movie. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, listen, I know you got to go, so I just want to say, uh, if you guys haven't seen Steve-O uh, live, I, and I have to say this, man, you, you are so, there's something about you on stage that I've always really been drawn to that sounds really gay, but uh, you're just very likable, and there's something very authentic about you, and... It's sort of undeniable, and it's something that a lot of people, you kind of can't replicate it, and you can't fake it, and you can't kind of just be likable all of a sudden. I mean, is that something that you think about when you're on stage? Is something that just is natural to you that you've never think about? Because uh, there is never, something where re- people feel really drawn to you and really connected, like, he's I've, my buddy. I've never, uh, thought, I've never written material based on trying to be likable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I guess I, I, I appreciate all the kind words, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I thank you for that. And, um, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, that first time I ever got on stage, like I said, I had a, a real sense that the crowd was excited to see me and they were rooting for me. Yeah. They wanted to have a good time. And, yeah. um, like to feel that they were on my side, uh, that's what initially made me uh, want to pursue comedy um, because I thought, wow, it was fucking cool, man. Like, uh, they were rooting for me. Yeah, you know? for sure. That There you go. That's the whole dynamic of but, the comedian and the... Uh, yeah, and I think that's something very particular to you. Like, I think people just root for you. You know, you're in a hospital. Me, they know? root for and, you. And uh, I, I want to... Uh, maybe I appreciate them rooting for me. Maybe, uh, you know, like... like uh, I, I I care about uh, making them feel good about rooting for me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there anything that you go ahead, Tommy? I feel like it's easy to root for you just because, as an audience member who watched all your stuff, you clearly have sacrificed and put it all on the line for our entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I think that there's there's a component of that, and I think that uh, what made the whole jackass the franchise successful was that we weren't trying to look cool you know we were here to give you a good time at our own expense (laughs) and uh we were okay with not looking cool we were actually okay with looking uncool yeah we would embarrass ourselves we would put be in pain we would like you know make these like kind of sacrifices and we weren't like the cool guys you know we were like and that kind of made us cool that we didn't cool care if we yeah. were cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite. And so cool. it's like we're like we're here for you to have a good time, and then that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, made us sort of like the everyman's kind of a uh, you know, everyman's man. Like the yeah. there's something approachable, something endearing about it, and uh, and and that's great, man. You know, like it's 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 uh, it's my job to give them a good time, and and if they appreciate it, then that's good. 
Awesome, man. Well, listen, I think we're going to let you go. You've been, hey, it's so, I'm dude, so glad you, you came. You're the I, best, I, man. I really appreciate you. And, and whatever you got for the email, dude, shoot it over. Yeah, I, yeah. I meant what I said, dude. You're my, like, uh, I don't have go to joke writers. <laughs> yeah, well, now the question is. I, I, I reached out to three people. One didn't hit me back. Uh, the other one, like, wanted, like, I ridiculous don't know, amounts like, of money. A ridiculous amount of money to pick up a pen. And, uh, and you fucking hit it out of the park. Dude, well, thank you, man. Well, I'm honored because I, I think you're an amazing dude. You're an iconic guy at this point, and I can't wait for Sivo uh, Studios and what what else is coming down the pike. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate the shit out of you, brother. Yeah, anything you want to say, Tommy? Anything you want to? Yeah, dog. Ed? Hi, oh, it's good to see you. Hey, likewise. Yeah. And Back best... in your skateboarding days, did you have like a go-to trick, like something you were really proud of, kind of a banger? 360 double flip. Fuck yeah. Yeah, the 360 <laughs> double kick flip shove it. That's rad. Yeah, trade up. I did it on a coffee table. On a coffee table. That's way fucking table. harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I was pretty stoked on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. That is. Uh, can I take a leak in here? Yeah, you can take a leak. <laughs> uh, that is Steve O, is Bill Dawes, Tommy Wakefield, sign off from the after laughs. Bye bye. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs>